हेलो एवरीवन माय नेम इज विकास अग्रवाल एंड आई एम द फाउंडर ऑफ एआईएफ एंड पीएमएस एक्सपर्ट्स इंडिया एआईएफ इज नथिंग बट अल्टरनेट इन्वेस्टमेंट फंड्स एंड पीएमएस इज योर पोर्टफोलियो मैनेजमेंट सर्विसेज सो वी आर वन ऑफ द लार्जेस्ट प्लेटफार्म फॉर अल्टरनेट इन्वेस्टमेंट्स एंड पोर्टफोलियो मैनेजमेंट सर्विसेज एंड यू नो एट एआईएफ एंड पीएमएस एक्सपर्ट्स इंडिया वी कीप ऑर्गेनाइजिंग दिस नॉलेज बेस्ड सेशंस वी इनवाइट डिफरेंट इंडस्ट्री एक्सपर्ट्स एंड वी ट्राई एंड रीड देयर माइंड so this time with me i have uh, shashi singh i know shashi for quite some time now uh, she is the chief business officer at singularity holdings uh, uh, you know which is also owned by mr madhusudan kela and his family members uh, and uh, you know so shashi brings about almost two and half decades uh, of experience two and half decades of rich experience in terms of raising funds at various organizations she was heading ifl india infoline asset management business so she built up she laid down the uh, foundation initially when amc was building up uh, she she sort of uh, scaled up the business to to the large level and then she decided to come on the private equity side so we thought who would be the better person to talk about the investor themselves because they have complete skin in the game and they they put their own money which is pretty sizable uh, so we thought and then they also run uh, structure for a uh, public investments public money as well where they allow some of the you know large ultra hni clients or family offices to participate uh, who have a similar sort of thought process and get along i mean in sync with their thought process so not necessary that they would invite every client to on board uh, so very very selective that way so so we thought uh, we'll uh, discuss about what are the challenges which are faced by private equity investors in india Uh, we'll also talk about what are the opportunities which are there now, because this particularly cat two category AIF, uh, which is private equity, is shaping up very well. Uh, is shaping up to an extent that the total size of the industry, the AIF per se, has reached to now more than six lakh crores as we speak, uh, because we keep a strong track on this number as an expert. And out of which your cat three is seventy thousand crores, so minus that. Uh, so you get one and two put together is about five lakh and thirty thousand crore. So we see huge amount of value migration. There are a lot of stories also like uh, uh, you know Mr. Yash Kela who is involved in uh, Singularity Holdings as as a, you know uh, part of the investment team. He's also invested in couple of other ideas like Olo, Oyo, Oyo and Ola where they've made more than hundred x you know along with Mr. Uh, Anirudh Amani. so clearly i see that huge amount of wealth creation is happening and therefore i thought i'll invite shashi and try and read her mind understand where it is headed so shashi firstly thank you so much for accepting our request and taking the time out from your busy schedule and agreed to do this show with us thank you so much vikas and uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be here to talk to investors um, and uh, you you know any time now is a good time to talk about private equity to our investors because over the last decade we've seen private equity grow exponentially uh, in india but most of the benefit of this growth has been taken by institutional investors and not domestic investors right. it's only over the last 3 uh, 4 years that we've seen domestic investors hnis and family offices coming and participating in a big way having said that we see a clear um decade in front of us which will be a unprecedented growth in this segment so always happy to talk to investors uh, sure. on this segment thank you thank you shashi so the format of the show is 
you know i because we keep talking to our investors they keep giving us their questions concerns and queries so i am going to ask these questions one by one total duration that we have is 45 minutes and we'll yeah. try and cover as much as possible so sure. the first question is because you've been doing this can you talk to us about your internal structure how do you do it at singularity holdings and what all things that you do yeah so just to briefly introduce ourselves we are a part of mr madhusudan kela's family office and uh, this was started in 2017 when madhu quit from uh, reliance and set up his own family office at that same time uh, till then madhu was doing only listed equities and he's a veteran in that business but we realized that um, from companies the growth that we are seeing 40 to 50% of the growth is pre listing and then you see post listing growth so if one needs to capture that 50% growth of a company one needs to be invested in the company far before it gets listed and not after getting listed and that's how we said that from our prop we'll do a sizable allocation to private equity also we started allocating capital um to private equity across early growth and late stage so this was led by yash and mentored by madhu and this was only proprietary capital that we deployed for the last 5 years where we did two things one we invested in companies directly and we invested as a fund of fund in a lot of funds uh it's been a good learning we got an irr of um, 44% in these nice. years on private equity so definitely private equity is here to stay and india is uh, the country where we seeing growth and therefore i would say each investor should have uh, at least 10 to 25% depending on the risk appetite the uh, risk profiling um, allocation to private equity in their portfolio the other thing which i wanted to know is so how is uh, this structured like uh, you know you have you 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 see that mr madhukela yashkel all of them gets involved while evaluating the company and which are the sectors that you look at and what are the two three things that you look at before investing in those companies yeah so coming from the capital markets uh, business uh, what we did was we went top down and uh, uh, so uh, from the family office there are two businesses that we run uh, listed equities and private equity uh, listed equity we do under the name of mk ventures and private equity we do under singularity amc and why we call it amc because we've started taking external capital through the cat2 aifs now uh, primarily um, the listed equity uh, private equity is led by yash kela mentored by madhu of course he's a chairman of the ic committee and every proposal is run through him and lot of guidance that we get from him on valuation assessment of business prospect business environment everything but uh, coming back to the point as to how do we select the company so what we have done earlier in the stage is that we identified eight to nine themes that we feel will have a multiplier growth over the next decade so there are these eight nine themes and uh, it's no rocket science to know what will grow but we've identified them as themes for our uh, business purpose health tech edtech fintech enterprise saas consumer goods women consumption on internet which over the last 3 years has increased 10 times so any product that feeds on women consumption on internet would do well so um, what we normally do is within these identified themes we look for the top 2 3 uh, 
companies that are coming our more focus is on tech driven companies because we feel that across the businesses and sectors the disruption will be through technology digitization so uh, we look for um, tech driven companies in these themes and we try to stick to the top 2 3 players because we always feel that if there is a good idea the top 2 players will command a majority market share and the balance will only be laggards in the business so that's how we've seen our view on the market is a, with a 10 year perspective and we are very bullish on the indian market so the other thing is so the current structure that you're running in catu uh, any let's say any of your investor is uh, or a family office wants to participate so what is the kind of minimum commitment that you look out for so what we did was see um, primarily as i said we are a family office and we have a large prop that we manage ourselves and uh, since madhu is a known person lot of large investors came back to him saying why don't you invest our money along with yours so the cat to aif the purpose was to help larger investors who uh, to invest their money the way madhu invests his own money so it's like co investing in our aif we ourselves as a large allocation it's not like a sponsor we uh, invest at least 10 to 20% of our own capital there so an investors like co investing in the aif we also said that we don't want to go to the long tail of investors so we've kept the minimum as 5 crore and at 10 crore an invest gets the benefit of co investment because we are saying any large investor would want to take a larger share on some investee companies through co investment route so we should offer that to all investors we was giving 10 crores we'll have an opportunity to uh, invest uh, uh, you know some of the identified ideas that you you do it in the aif structure yes yes over and above yeah yeah and uh, see when we invested in uh, funds from our prop we realized that while the investee companies of the funds are very good and doing very well the irr to the investor us as an investor in the fund is very diluted so hamara irr in the funds was only 22 23% as against the 60% that we got in our direct direct investment portfolio and the reason was not that these funds were not doing good investments there were two main reasons that we identified for dilution of this um, irr one was longer than required tenure so if your investment is normally underlying investment is 4 to 5 years the aif would be 8 years or 9 years that's because every institution wants to keep some buffer on fundraising to do 3 saal fundraise mein lagayenge fir exit mein humko buffer chahiye to do 3 saal ka exit mein buffer rakhenge but who pays the price for this it's the investor it's we who pay the price for this because then our irr gets diluted uh, over this secondly a very high management fee because uh, supposing normal structures in the market are 2 and 20 so 2% management fee over a 8 year period is like 16% goes off in your fees so actually 84% uh, capital is uh, put to work to generate irr for that 100% so we felt if these two things can be solved for larger clients and it makes a difference for larger clients because the pool of capital is large uh, then uh, we could you know optimally use the capital and get better returns ideally we say that if one has to invest in uh, debt he should look at uh, whatever other returns 6 7% you do structured debt you should look at 10 12 13% return uh, if you want to do uh listed equity you should look at 15 to 18% return 
And likewise, if you're doing private equity and you're taking the risk of locking in your money and uh, huge uh, capital risk, then you should not look at anything less than 24, 25% return. Because if you have to generate 17, 18%, like how most of the private equity funds we're seeing, then it's better to stay invested in um, listed equity where you're getting your liquidity. So we said that let us, uh, these funds, which are for large investors and do a shorter tenure, lesser management fee, so that people can derive the full value of the underlying investments. For profit sharing structure, is it? Yes, there will be a, a performance fee of 20%, which everyone charges. But primarily performance fee is not a drag on your returns because that's a percentage of the overall performance that is generated. What is a drag on your returns is the fixed fee that you're paying irrespective of what is the return generated on the portfolio. So ideally, any savvy investor would be happy to share a performance fee, but will want the fixed fee to be reduced as much as possible. Can you talk to us about two or three ideas? I don't know if your compliance allows you to speak about some successful ideas which work very well under the private equity platform. See, while uh, I'll take two minutes to explain, uh, explain you the whole private equity uh, business and how it could be uh, segmented further to make it easier for investors to understand. Right. So, uh, Private equity is a large domain. We split it into three parts, basically. Uh, early stage, growth stage, and late stage. Early stage is the very early stage when there is an idea. It's right from an idea stage where a person's got an idea and he knows what he wants to do, and he needs some capital to put that. Uh, that's called early stage. It is very long tail because once an idea is put to work, it takes a long time for the company to start working and um, getting the product out and then generating revenue. Generally, this is the most risky stage because you're getting in too early and you, uh, you don't know whether the idea will be able to be scaled up or not. Many times there are good ideas, but they not, might not get scaled up because of want of right technology, right market, right capital, timely capital. So there can be many reasons for an idea to fail and likewise many reasons for an idea to succeed so uh, the mortality rate in early stage is the highest but you get a lot of deals in this and therefore in india you'll see 90 percent of the funds that we see in the country are all early stage if i have to split it it's series wise normally you will find private equity between series um, a to series d e f types now series pre-series a Series A and late Series A is all early stage where we count. Where like Cat One idea stage, it could be Cat One, it could be Cat Two also. Sure. And uh, post uh, early stage is the second stage is the growth stage. This is the main stage of growth of a company, wherein the idea has been implemented, the product is out, the company started making some revenue, but they're still uh, uh, not profit making. Now they enter the growth stage, which is normally series B, C, D, where the company only needs capital to scale up their business. There is no idea risk. There's no product mix risk. There's no market risk because everything is established. So if, if in an early stage there are 10 companies, two will come out winners as a growth stage. Normally, you don't find too many funds in growth stage because 
growth stage uh, is the time when there's no risk except for scale risk and the scale risk is uh, directly proportionate to capital because if they keep getting capital uh, they will grow if they don't get capital then their growth will get a little shunted but there's no risk of product jamega uh, ya nahi jamega whether it will be accepted in the market or not normally in early stage there are institutional investors and winners of early stage which come to growth stage jo successful ho gaye are lapped up by these institutional investors and therefore you don't get early stage investment idea growth stage investment ideas in the market and therefore you don't see a lot of funds in that uh, segment right. sequoia naspers uh, matrix all these institutional investors will um, lap up these growth stage now we as a family office operate in the growth stage uh, for external capital there is a reason why we have access to transactions over here uh, most of the founders at growth stage when they reach they'll have institutional investors on their cap table but they look for some large family offices because institutional investors don't provide two types of capital which they need in their growth stage one is a bridge round now what is a bridge round a bridge round is when between two capital raising rounds say series b and series c if i need a small capital not equal to a big round because i am entering a new market or i'm i've got a new client so i need a small amount of 50 crore i don't want to raise a 200 crore round so what do i do now institutional investors don't provide bridge and therefore um, founders will like to have some family offices on their cap table like us who can provide them bridge capital secondly uh, at growth stage founders start uh, there are some early stage investors who need an exit and founders want someone to put in capital for this providing exit to the early investors again institutional investors don't give money for such secondary uh, exits so then uh, family offices uh, or capital pool like ours comes in handy for this reason and the third reason at growth stage a founder starts thinking about listing his company and therefore he wants some mentor who can guide him how to structure his business or balance sheet or uh, what to do what not to do so that his listing is good and support him in listing in that also madhusudan kela's office comes in handy and therefore we found that in the last 6 years we got very good inroads into this private network and we are getting very good transactions uh, alongside all the institutional investors and that's the reason we decided that we'll operate only in growth to late stage because we feel lowest risk and highest return in the private equity is in the growth stage so we operate only in series b c d growth to late stage uh, mostly and very tight tenure so our first fund we, which we just closed singularity growth opportunities fund 1 was a 6 year fund and a 600 crore fund we've just closed that fund so in this now where do we invest the question was where do we invest how do we invest right. so we as i said we have selected themes within that we said we'll build a portfolio of 50% consumer companies and 50% enterprise companies on the consumer side we're looking for d2c companies which cater to the which have a product which will cater to the mass public of the country so it's a mass product and i'll come to some examples of uh, what i mean by that so indian company catering to indian mass public on the enterprise side which is b2b 
we're looking for companies which are making products for the world these are basically technology uh, services and products and so these will be indian companies which will become global uh, because they are making products for the world that's and this becomes a natural hedge for us uh, if you make a 50-50 portfolio of enterprise and consumer and that's how we go about it so whenever we are investing apart from just the objective and the thesis the core remains that how can you optimize the ca uh, cash deployed make it most efficient and get the best returns so uh, returns is primary for us and therefore like uh, making a mix of uh, consumer and enterprise companies and hedging against any market fall in india or overseas uh, is one of the strategy towards that so coming to the example like on consumer side we've invested in a company called m caffeine m caffeine is a personal care brand i'm sure all of y'all must have come across it um it produ produces skin care products for both male and female now this is a company which has got skin care products not in the luxury range not in the lower range but in the mid segment today everyone can buy m caffeine products and they're excellent quality products so that's the kind of companies we would want to back on the consumer side. On the enterprise side, like we've invested in a company called Servify. Servify is a company which provides after-sales uh, device management, service, warranty, uh, everything for an OEM like Apple, Samsung, Xiaomi for their mobile phones, for their tablets. So once you buy an Apple phone and, and Apple had a long... Uh, Apple service centers, but now all that is serviced by Servify. So at the back end, white label service is provided by Servify for Apple, Samsung, Xiaomi, OnePlus. Servify today is present in 48 countries. India is only 30% of their total business and they provide these services. So they are white label services. So to all these countries, Apple, Samsung, HP, Xiaomi have taken them. And they have to just plug and play their technology services for all these OEMs. So this is how we build our portfolio. We target a return of about 25-30%. As I said, in private equity, uh, you shouldn't invest if you're looking at less than that returns. Right, right. So coming and back to our topic. Yeah, sorry, please go ahead. And having Madhu with us, uh, it helps us in remaining very conservative on the valuations. So right. while we've seen in the last one year so much fall in the valuations, our portfolio has gone up. All our companies have got uh, valuations which are higher than what we invested at. That's because we are very, very conservative in investments. Yeah, so two things. One, there is this myth around that, you know, when you look at Series B, Series C or uh, uh, onwards, you know, by the time you get these companies, uh, the valuation really go big time high. So then the chances of making money from there onwards becomes very less. Uh, do you think so? See, as I said, that uh, pre-listing companies, 50 to 40 to 50 percent growth is done pre-listing. So you would have a lot of money to make, even if you enter at a growth stage and stay invested with the company till the IPO, which will be at least three to five years post your investment, will make good money. Uh, we don't do a lot of pre-IPO. It's opportunistic because... Uh, uh, same thing if uh, at pre-IPO stage, there's less left on the table to make till the listing of the company. 
coming back to the topic so you know it talks about the challenges which are faced by investors so couple of questions there quickly so generally these investors when they invest how do they get the valuations like on what parameters because ultimately you make money only when you take the exit otherwise these are all on the papers so firstly let's talk about in papers also how do you evaluate and who are the auditors and then we'll talk about the exits so normally every company uh, every private equity fund is governed by uh, sebi and sebi has very strict prescribed guidelines for valuation so there's a methodology prescribed and uh, the top four auditors audit the uh, valuations and the valuations are done from sebi approved agencies but in a layman's language i would say that valuation is nothing but what the company has uh, projected and what it has achieved and what's the run rate of that achievement and there is a multiple given to that now uh, the multiple is the table is defined as per sebi as to what multiples can be given but in the market you can have higher multiples or lower multiples if it is lower the company is available at a cheaper cost if it's higher the company is available expensive so just to give you an example normally at growth stage and norm these companies may not be profit making and therefore they're not valued at ebitda they valued on their um, uh, revenue that they generate so generally uh, companies could be valued at growth rate between 3 uh, to 5 times their revenue okay but uh, we would have seen a lot of investments being done at 10 times 15 times and those are the companies where we are seeing a fall in the valuation we as a policy do not invest in any company above five times revenue multiple wanted to understand more from you what's happening in the private equity space we see a lot of people are saying that byju's valuation has gone down whereas those who have bought they are saying that it is at the same level not particularly byju's but overall we are seeing and witnessing that in last 9 months 10 months time these companies valuations have become questionable so what is your house view on that Yeah, so as I mentioned, it's an extension as to what valuation or what multiple will you give to a company, and uh, we've seen earlier like what happened to Ola Zomato or Paytm. If you don't have uh, a visibility on your bottom line, and you have you say incurring cost for client acquisition, so while you're generating a revenue, but there's no visibility of bottom line. because every client you are acquiring is a negative to your balance sheet then what kind of valuation should be given while the growth run rate might be very high you would you still want to give a valuation that was given so that's the re-rating that's happening in the market globally uh, earlier what had happened is uh, in very simple terms uh, because these were all tech driven companies technology platforms the growth was very fast because there were no boundaries and because this so supposing an hul took 10 years to reach a 100 crore valuation say for example and uh, uh, today's uh, digital company might take one year to reach that uh, kind of revenue then someone is uh, trying to give a multiple 10 times more than hul to that so it was going a little insane but we are seeing that correction happening and uh, same valuations coming so while Uh, revenue run rate or the growth rate of revenue is given a valuation 
there is also now a lot of uh, expectation of visibility of bottom line while the top line is growing bottom line visibility should be there and that's how now people are looking at valuations okay okay great great to know that so uh, can you also talk to us about uh, uh, so this particularly we talked about cat 2 and uh, you also manage some family office money uh, so uh, can you talk to us about co investment opportunities like you mentioned that you know there are a lot of uh, investors who makes good money uh, more than the funds is that what you are also witnessing at at your fund level or no yeah so see it's like this so when you invested in a lot of funds and we as a family office are today invested into 13 funds you get a lot of co investment opportunities from there like we give to our investors from our fund first fund we've already offered two companies in co investment uh and uh, it's up to an investor to take a call say for example i'm offering xyz company that in the fund it is 20% of my portfolio but if you want to take more then this block is available with me and you can invest in this now if an investor has liquidity at that time and is uh thinks that this the growth story of this company looks very sound and he's uh wanting to bet more money you buy more of that stock and if that company does well you're actually making more money co investment is a very good opportunity for large investors because then you're taking a bet on a single stock which is already run up a little bit and you know about it like uh, in my erst while company in ifl we had given co investment in nsc and people took co investments and been making good money on it so what are your plans like are you so how do you want to uh, structure your organization like you want to you will have more opportunities in the cat 2 uh, aif form or how is it so uh two parts so singularity which is our private equity part uh, will uh, continue to operate into three basic verticals of uh, business uh, cat to aifs all across but uh, first segment uh, we will operate into growth to late stage investments into companies so like i said we've just closed our first fund we'll do fund 2 fund 3 fund 4 and in every fund the sponsor will put in uh, which is the family office will put in 10% of that capital uh, in a way we are saying that family office ka whatever investments we want to do into growth stage will be done through the fund and uh, other investors are uh, welcome to join us and invest uh, alongside us uh, in those uh, companies that we like and we invest in the second segment will operate in is fund of fund so our first fund of fund was our proprietary fund of fund but we've got uh, excellent returns so we will continue to make fund of funds but the idea there is to collate a, a group of funds for investors where which are ideally not available to them so there are many good funds which are only available to institutional or large investors can i get that fund for my investors or there are certain funds which are only available to institutional investors and uh, not hnis even if you have large pool of capital can i get that then there is one very important thing that we will play out through our fund of fund supposing there is a 10 year fund now i don't want to enter into a 10 year fund but after 5 years some investor wants an exit now i know the complete portfolio of the fund i know how the fund is doing if it makes sense i will opportunistically buy that fund 
and i'll have a residual tenure of 4 5 years so my investors get only 5 years fund against a 10 year tenure of that fund and i get a uh, lesser risky fund because now everything is visible of that fund so, and also we will in our fund of fund we will take opportunity of we will keep 25 to 30% for co investment opportunities that all the underlying funds might offer we'll also try to access strategies which we are not doing or we don't we don't have the capability to do like say we like buyout strategies a lot so we don't do buyouts uh, complete buyout or uh, majority buyout strategy so if there's a good manager we'll back that fund we like healthcare segment a lot so if some uh, one wants to uh, do a fund only on healthcare we'll support them through this fund of fund so these are the kind of things we'll do through the fund of fund which will benefit our investors and thirdly we'll have a co-investment platform which will be a big platform where we'll offer all our investors of the fund we'll keep offering them good co-investment opportunities so that they they can increase their allocation on individual companies so that's where singularity will operate fund yeah. of fund co-investment and growth to late stage platform on the mk venture side we continue to operate on the listed equity side currently we don't run any aif over there we do advisory mandates for large clients we take 50 crores and above advisory mandates but uh, we are thinking uh, whether we should do a cat 3 aif or not that's okay. managed by madhu directly so any plan to come out with your own pms or uh, because you have recently acquired license also pms license yes we have a pms license but i don't think we managing public money on the pms side yet understood understood great so shashi coming back to this topic so here uh, we talked about uh, uh, you know as i said that the industry aif is uh, shaping a big time you know uh, size of the industry is going 6 lakh crores and cat 3 alone is 70000 crores and cat 2 is the maximum portion and you have you worked with large organizations like ifl you were heading the entire aims and they have been doing this for many years so what is your sense 10 years down the line what can become any any number which comes to your mind uh, because we saw mutual funds growing from in front of our eyes for 20 long years uh, do you think that aif and pms put together can become equivalent to mutual fund industry 10 years down you know um, last uh, Eight nine years, I've been fully into private equity and alternate investments, and uh, I would say what mutual funds have achieved in twenty years, AIF should achieve in the next five six years. Uh, already, if you see not through AIF but directly, the kind of money that has gone into private equity businesses is way ahead. It's a huge industry today. Okay, and I don't want to quote numbers here, but that's a huge number. Just that that money is not. fully routed through an aif platform it could be a uh, spv it could be a direct investment but there's huge money going there and we feel that this is bound to grow for two reasons one lot of new businesses emerging within india and therefore there will be lot of investment happening in these companies secondly lot of global investors want to invest in india now as that's the only right option available so the next decade belongs to india which we hear from everyone today on the private equity side and uh, everyone knows that we have population on our side young population on our side we have a very very entrepreneurial 
genetics uh, within our uh, people and right. and with uh, the government pushing a lot of uh, initiatives on uh, entrepreneurs uh, to start their own businesses the startup india is a big initiative which is happening um, we feel lot of businesses will come in on this side and therefore a lot of funding will go through the ais my urge to all investors is to do some allocation to private equity always because this will for the next 5 10 years this will uh, give you better returns than listed equity you talked about foreign investors is there a mechanism we can see that how much money has come from these foreign investors a b do they have direct access to indian companies or how does it work like or they uh, do it through funds like yours uh just want yeah, to know so um, these are like very public uh, data vc circle and all keep publishing uh, the data even sebi has some data now sidbi publishes some data on the total external capital that's come the, there are multiple routes through which uh, external money can come like uh, government of india itself runs some three four fund of funds where uh, they invest in indian uh, funds but uh, there at the back end they've got sovereign funds of, of various countries investing with them so if, that is one way institutional investors are coming institutional investors have direct access to the funds and they can come in the funds directly they can also come in the companies directly so and there are offshore funds who invest in india so they'll have their lps who are offshore investors and through that fund also like sequoia and all these are offshore funds who invest in indian companies or indian funds uh, they raise money uh, from outside and invest in india right right now why i was asking is because when i see last decade or so you know we, we saw more than 100 unicorns emerging from india uh, indian investors have not made money only they the foreign not. investors made money because they were the one who actually deployed uh, their own money in the beginning of, of the era yes uh, as i said in the beginning that uh, while there has been huge uh, money that has come in and has uh, benefited from the huge growth of our companies and there have been good returns but most of the investors who benefited from this growth is only offshore investors because indian investors hnis have only started investing now right so i was also kind of because we do this study completely on alternate investment funds and some data points that i was referring to the other day you know when you look at the developed economies you know which are like maybe you can look at us the most biggest market in in the world their private equity the hni investors uh, their their exposure in private equity is as high as 20% vis-a-vis india which is not even 0.5% so ye jo 100 unicorn ban gaye usme 1 rupaye bhi nahi bana india absolutely in fact we keep meeting a lot of large uh, ultra hni customers and over the last 4 years 5 years the change that i've seen is that earlier these guys were used to talk about 10% allocation to private equity now everyone is looking at 20% allocation to private equity 25% allocation to private equity even advisors like ifl wealth or kotak wealth or uh, julius bear would advise uh, meaningful allocation to private equity now yeah because so so asset you know, allocation becomes very important you know absolutely. within the asset allocation earlier pehle debt or equity hota tha now it's debt equity and private equity and i would say that to some of the uh, investors i mean uh, you know those who are looking at say equity plus kind of returns 
but then don't want to take risk. I said, why don't you have 25% exposure to private equity space? You know, yes. because even during the bad times, because there is no direct index, these companies don't have that kind of volatility. So in terms of volatility, it is just half. Uh, but at the same time, you're not compromising anything on the return side. All you require is good amount of patience to sit back uh, at least for six, seven, eight years, because that's a minimum cycle that anybody needs to ride yeah. through. Otherwise, yeah. making money is not possible. The last question from my side before uh, we get on to the Q&A, uh, if there is any investor who wants to ask. Uh, generally, uh, you know, it has been observed Shashi, is that when you get the interim valuation report uh, after investments, even you look at your previous funds of IFL and here also, the interim valuation doesn't give that kind of excitement to clients because that will not have a sort of realistic number because that you get it only while exiting. What is the gap? Can you throw some more lights on that? So I'd uh, define it like this as to which fund one we're talking of. If it is an early stage fund, normally when a company is just started and growing, um, it's incurring uh, more cost and it's uh, EBITDA negative and the revenue while it's growing, it's still not uh, making profits at in such a stage while we show that the growth of the company is 100%, 150%, uh, bottom line is not there and therefore that valuation which comes uh, is slower to pick up. But at growth stage, if you look at like the funds that we operate in, Normally, these companies uh, become profitable soon and because they're already at growth stage and you so see good valuations. Initially in the fund, any fund which is in the fundraising period does not value its investments and therefore it's valued at par, but it's charging a fee. So you will normally see your NAV as a negative NAV from where you invested. But it's not negative because your investments are not giving any returns. It's just that investment negative but the day they start valuing their uh, investments which is after the final close the nav will shoot up and the auditors are also i think advised by the regulator which is rightly so that you have to give realistic numbers yes so it is very conservative but other conservative yeah 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 that's SEBI uh, defined actually. Uh, so a couple of questions. So one is how does the taxation work here? Uh, so well, we are not the tax expert, but maybe I would request Shashi to just give us the broad framework. How does it work? So CAT 2 AIFs have uh, passed through taxation, which means taxation is in the hands of the investor. But uh, primarily, uh, depending on the exit, now, exit can be either through listing, then it's listed exit, then it will be capital gains on listed equity. Uh, and if it, the exit is through a secondary sale to a, an, uh, in an unlisted format to another fund or uh, investor, then it will be long-term capital gains on private equity, which is 20%. So that's how, but it's all capital gains, no business income. Capital gain and... Uh... I would urge all of you to speak to your chartered accountant uh, because they are the right yeah. people to give you the correct advice. But this is how broadly it works. Yeah, it's normally capital gains. It's always long-term capital gains because these are long-tenure funds and you don't do less than one year or two years. Right, right, right. 
the next question is uh, you know your equity private equity and listed equity both are giving equal returns so what is the point investing in private equities yeah if you are investing in private equity and generating 17 18% return then i would say you're better off investing in listed equity because you at least have uh, liquidity in your hand ideally you invest in private equity to get a return anything about 22 23 24 25% then only private equity makes sense uh, and yes i agree there have been many private equity funds and that's what i was saying earlier in the chat that private equity funds have generated lesser return and customers have logged in themselves for 6 years 8 years 10 right. years and have generated 17 18% it made no sense because your listed equity portfolio would have given you that return. yeah on top of that you have 20% taxation also taxation also so uh, there this is where uh, assessment of a right private equity fund right stage where you want to enter uh, depending on what your uh, risk profile is what your uh, profile for uh, locking in your money is you should look at all those just don't get get swayed that okay today it's very cool to be in private equity and therefore you should invest in private equity well uh, it makes uh, doesn't make right sense unless you assess the fund correctly right and uh, you know you have to have a realistic expectations also just yes. because money is in private equity doesn't mean that every time it will show you 25% you have to look at from time frame that or the commitment time that you given to the portfolio manager like yes. if you have given 7 years and every year you are saying 25% nahi ban raha hai 25% ka baat hua tha so that's not possible that's not the way the fund is going to operate you know no, in private equity you will get to know of your irrs only in the last 1 2 years of the fund and not in the earlier years because that time the company is growing while uh, every fund does a quarterly update and gives some guidance on the comp- underlying companies how they are growing uh, that will give you some idea but actual money that you receive and the irr that you receive will be known only in the last 2 years of the fund absolutely uh with that we'd like to conclude our session here it was a pleasure speaking with you uh, shashi as always you've given a lot of insights to our investors and on behalf of all our investors and team i take this opportunity to thank you uh, once again thank you so much thank yeah. you for having me thank all you all right uh, thanks uh, my dear investors if you have any questions please write to me or you can reach out to my team at uh, experts@aipms.com and we'll help you uh, if you want to speak to shashi we'll get the call organized thank you thank you so much pleasure is mine